Welcome to the Happy Whole You Podcast. I'm Anna Marie Frank, your brain health and wellness expert. Here we talk about all things wellness with a focus on how your brain functions. So the daily impact of our physical, nutritional, financial, even spiritual lives, how they impact our brain, including how we navigate all of our relationships on a daily basis, all have a major impact on how our brain functions. So get ready to rewire your biology and your brain because we have a lot of great information ahead. Hey, you guys, and welcome to another episode of the Happy Whole You podcast. First, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners. We just hit 10,000 downloads. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Please share the podcast with others and make sure that you follow our podcast so you can get all the new episodes that drop. And today I am sharing with you somebody very special. Her name is Julie Ryan, and she is a psychic and medical intuitive. And so she can see literally what medical conditions and illnesses a person has, and she can also facilitate energetic healing. She can see energy fields. She can also communicate with spirits alive and those that have passed. And yeah, super interesting. So we're just going to jump right in. So here we go. All right, Julie Ryan, I'm excited to have you today and to chat with you and share you with all of our Happy Holy listeners. Oh, I'm just so honored to be on your show and thank you so much for the invitation. Yes. So I gave everyone a little bit of an introduction before we jumped on. And so can you just share with everyone a little bit more about yourself? And, you know, the, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to have you on is because I loved when I heard you on another podcast, you were talking about, since you are psychic and medical intuitive you just said like, it's not like you were getting these drop-ins and all this information when you were a little girl or talking to spirits and things like that. This is something you've actually developed over time. And I truly believe we all have this ability, but it takes that development. And I know you teach these techniques all around the world, but if before I'm like already jumping ahead, before we get all that, can you share with everyone and give them kind of the 411 on who is Julie Ryan and what you do? Sure. I'm an inventor and an entrepreneur. So I'm a businesswoman who learned how to do woo-woo and I'm a buffet of psychicness. How's that? Which distilled down means that I, to your point, develop these skills. I am not a psychic who's had dead people chasing her since childhood. Or if I did, I didn't know it, let alone what I would have done with that information had I had it. (laughs) So I learned how to do all of this woo-woo stuff that I do. And I can scan somebody anywhere in the world, of course, with their permission medically and help facilitate energetic healings. I'm like a human MRI and I can see broken bones, torn ligaments, viral infections, bacterial infections, whatever. And then I can tell how close to death somebody is based on the configuration of angels and deceased loved ones and the spirits of deceased pets that are around them. I can do past life stuff. That's really fun to do past life stuff. And we can find out where you lived and what the year was and what you did and that kind of stuff. We can communicate with any spirit that's alive or deceased. We can communicate with pets. It's just endless. And everybody can do this. And we all are doing it now. We're just not aware of it. Yeah. And it's, you know, 
one thing when I work with my clients and those that have come and done one-on-one sessions with me, we talk about energy and how we're all connected, right? And so of course we can all be connected whether we have passed and our soul is somewhere else or whether we're physically here. Exactly. And everything's made of energy. I'm sitting in my office and I'm at a big cherry desk and it feels very solid. But I go back to my third grade science lessons and learn that everything's a vibration, everything's energy vibrating at a different rate, if you will. And so my desk feeling very solid is perhaps vibrating more slowly than the energy we're using to communicate across the internet and and across a vast difference. Because I'm in Alabama and you're in California in the US and that's thousands of miles apart. Yeah. And we're here in real time seeing each other. (laughs) I love it when I get to talk to people in Australia, because I usually am talking to them. It's the next day already. And I'll say, I'm talking to you real time in the future. I'll say, yeah, (laughs) that's true. I didn't think of that. So, okay. I I have so many questions. My brain's going crazy. So what does this mean? Like for you, as you've developed this, what are some things you've learned about yourself through this evolvement of who you are and, you know, tapping into these abilities that we're all given, but we're all not aware of? I like to say that I've developed golden ovary courage because guys have brass balls and girls have golden ovaries in case you didn't know that. <laughs> and, and I, I have been courageous, I guess, in the big scope of things in that moved across country, lived in, I lived in California for a long time, went there before I turned 25, didn't know anybody, had never been there before, got a job, moved there and went, oh boy, this is going to be interesting. Founded nine companies in five different industries. That, that takes guts to do that, to leave a job that's very lucrative and say, yeah, I'm just going to do this on my own. And, and people just thought I was crazy, but then it worked. And, and to invent things and to, I've invented surgical devices that are sold throughout the world, some of which have been on the market for 30 years and are still on the market. All of my inventions are still on the market, sold my surgical device manufacturing company a few years ago. So what I've learned with this latest adventure for me is I can take it a step further because the business thing is accepted. But when I went out on a limb and started talking about communicating with dead people and being able to tell how close to death somebody is and all of that, that was another leap in the golden ovary courage category. And I just remember thinking, people are going to think I'm nuts, first of all. And secondly, is this going to affect my business and my livelihood? And I, I, I have two quick stories I'd love to share if if I may, the first yeah, one please. is how all this came about. I was with my mentor and when she's doing a healing on me, my deceased loved one's spirits are in the room and they're participating in the healing. And I can see them telepathically. I can see them psychically. They're there. They look, spirits look like holograms of what they looked like when they were alive to me. So one day, Anna Marie, this dead Pope shows up and he's got his whole Pope outfit on the hat, the whole nine yards. And I said, well, who are you? And he said, I'm Clement. And I said, I haven't heard of a Pope Clement. Can I help you? And he's, he laughed and he said, yeah, I was number six. I said, okay, fine. Kind of like, why are you here? And he said, you're supposed to teach the world what happens when somebody dies. 
because everybody's so afraid and it's crazy because there's nothing to fear. And I very quickly said, I'm not doing that. I'm a businesswoman. <laughs> People are going to think I'm nuts. And he laughed and he said, yeah, yeah, whatever. So Anna Marie, when I got in the car to go home, just for kicks, I did an internet search on my phone on Pope Clement VI. Well, come to find out this guy was in office during the Black Plague when two thirds of Europe died. And he's best known for his prayers for the dying and his prayers for the dead. And I just thought, Ryan, you can't make that up. I've never heard of him. I didn't know oh anything about gosh. him. And so he has been my spirit guide ever since. And he prods me. I, I laugh. I say he treats me like a Nike ad when I tell him I can't do that. He's like, yeah, yeah, just go do it. Just do it like the Nike ads. The second quick story is my biggest fear was I would be, I lectured all over North America for business and I could be at a conference with hundreds, if not a thousand people. And I thought, oh, somebody's going to see my website if I put it up, the Ask Julie Ryan website. And so I took the leap and I put it up. Sure enough, I'm giving this talk in Austin to all these corporate C-suite executives. I finished my talk, double jumbotrons, there's hundreds of people in the room. And this guy comes up to me afterwards and he has his iPad up to the AskJulieRyan.com website, my website. And I thought, oh, here we go. And he said, is this you? And I want to say, well, yeah, it's my picture. <laughs> and he said, I said, yes, it is. And I'm thinking, okay, brace yourself. And he said, well, I'd really like to talk to you more about this. Can we sit together at lunch? And I said, sure. And inside I'm thinking, oh, I'm just going to get pummeled at lunch. Long story short, we get to the table. It was a circular table of eight, seven C-suite guys from different companies and me. And guess what we talked about the whole lunch? Woo woo. <laughs> they were so interested. It was fascinating. And so that just negated all the fear that I had at that point to say, okay, I'm really being led to do this. Step forward, take a step. And it's just been a remarkable journey so far in the past five or six years that I've been doing this work. And it's the first thing I've ever done without planning it. I don't have a business plan. I don't have measurables. It's something comes to me and I implement it. I, people say, well, where are you going with this? I don't know. What are you going to do with it? I don't know. I'm just being led. And it's been the most fun thing I've ever done. Oh my gosh. That is so awesome. I love those stories. Um, I'd like to share a couple of things with you because this is so a couple of things. One Sometimes I will just wake up in the middle of the night and think of a client or something they shared with me. And I'm like, oh, that's the dots I need to connect, right? Like it comes to me when I sleep. The other thing is how you said you see like the hologram or the silhouette of the person. So this year we lost or yeah, no, last year, a few months back, we lost my sister-in-law and what was very young, 33 years old. It was horrible. She had just had a baby, but the craziest thing was, but it's not crazy is she literally came to me four days before she passed. And she was, it was like the hologram of her. I woke up, sat up in my bed. She walked towards me. It was very peaceful. And then she turned around and walked out. I didn't know what that meant. I was like, I don't know what this means. There was like red vibrating all around her. And I thought, 
Like, what does that mean? And of course, who do I talk to about this, right? Like, there's not a number to call. Well, there's Ask Julie Ryan. <laughs> and um, and yeah, what was interesting is the doctors said she had started getting better, but she passed about four days later. And so now reflecting back, I'm like, she was coming to me because out of everybody in the family, I'm the one that would, you know, be open to it to let me know she was exiting. And what's the craziest thing is with her death, as tragic as it is, it's been and, you know, missing her dearly is there's a sense of peace that I have with it. And so that's just, I've had more and more things where I wake up and I see things and it's just really interesting, but I don't get to talk to the average person about this. So Julie, you are not average. And that's what I love about you. (laughs) Well, and I think you're right. She came to you because she knew that you were able to perceive her spirit energy and she knew it would comfort you. And she knew that you had enough courage to talk to other people about it, hopefully in your family and know that, and to let you know, she's still around you and around everyone else. If you could see her, then you can see her. Now you can perceive her psychic or telepathic information comes in primarily how we learn Anna Marie. For instance, I'm a visual learner. If I meet you at a party, I'm going to remember your face. But if you tell me your name and I don't see it, there's a good chance I'm not going to remember it. Whereas I've come up with this little trick that I'll picture your name in my head, like print it out on a name tag in order to help me remember. Somebody else is an auditory learner. They're going to hear your name, but not necessarily remember it if they see you. Kinesthetic learners are probably not going to remember your name at all, but they're going to remember how they felt when you were around them. And I find, and this is what I teach in my classes, is that when we trust how the information comes in, then spirit is going to be able to communicate with us in an easy way. And those other skill sets are going to develop with time because when it comes in with little effort, you learn to trust it. You get validation. You're moving smoothly for it through it, you know, figuring out, okay, this is really true. There's no way I could have known this. There's no way you could have known she was going to die in four days. She was letting you know, okay, you have this ability, which we all do. It's just a matter of developing it and then enhancing it. So I think it's really important for people to understand when they see something out of the corner of their eye and they think, oh, that's just my imagination. That's not really real. No, it's real. If you're a visual learner, that's how it's going to come in easily. If they hear something, if they smell something, whatever. And then these other other different senses are going to come in as well. I have students who get really frustrated and really angry almost because they don't see things. Well, they're a kinesthetic learner. They know stuff because they're feeling it. So yeah, good for you. Wonderful. How's the family doing? How's your, your brother and your, your, you have a niece and a nephew or. Yeah. um, Well, it's my, um, my husband's sister. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So it's been tough on everyone, but I do, I do feel like there are, there's some, I'll turn my head and I know I see something Yeah, and it's just, it's really, it is interesting, but yeah, the more you just allow it to be and let it come to you, I feel like the stronger we become within. Right. Because when we resist something, we're out of alignment with our spirit because it's based in fear. 
And people say, well, what's fearful about seeing a spirit? Well, there's a lot of fear that can come with seeing a spirit. Any of us that have watched a horror movie or the walking zombies or whatever. When I was a kid, we used to have slumber parties and I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. And they had on Friday nights, I think it was Friday and Saturday, Friday for sure. They had this thing called chiller theater. So we'd stay up late. I think it started at midnight. We'd stay up late and we'd watch these walk of the zombies or whatever scary movies and scream and scare the daylights out of each other and watch those movies so that's our frame of reference that this is all supposed to be scary when in effect people have been able to see spirits and angels since the beginning of time and it's just the entertainment industry literature publishers the movie business you know the playwrights have all come up with an interpretation of it to scare us because they want to elicit an emotion. And actually there's nothing to be afraid of. It's really fun. Quick story too. My brother-in-law passed right before Thanksgiving and he was married to my late sister who passed 11 years the same week that her husband passed. And the morning after he passed and it was very unexpectedly, both of their deaths were very unexpected. The morning after they passed, their spirits were both sitting on the couch in my bedroom when I woke up. My (laughs) head, as I was waking up, my head was turned towards that side of the room where the couch was. And they were both sitting there holding hands, giggling, and, you know, just came to visit me to let me know that they're together and everything's cool. And I had a nice little chat with them. So, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So, Okay. So say people are listening and they're like, I don't know about all this, Julie, like, where am I going to go? Like, you know, I know I was raised Catholic, so I was pretty much told you they're going to heaven or hell. And I don't really, I don't really believe in hell. So I'm going to, I'll put that out there. I, I believe that we all go to God, to source. And I believe it's nothing but love and light. And I believe that there are things that our soul has to work on and we have to evolve our soul over time, whether it's this life, you know, in each lifetime, because I do believe in multiple lifetimes. Um, But for someone listening, what can you give them some guidance and some support and just say, hey, it's all good when you cross over, um, if you could give us some insight in that arena. Sure. I was raised Catholic too, 12 years of Catholic schools. And so we're, we're taught about all that heaven and hell and limbo and purgatory too. I mean, there's like four different, different places you can go. Uh, Babies who aren't baptized go to, used to go to limbo. Yeah. And then (laughs) if you're bad, but you're not bad enough to go to hell, then you go to purgatory and you burn for a while till you purify. And then you can go to heaven is, you know, I'm a lot older than you, but that's what, what we were taught. And certainly my parents and grandparents and other relatives before them, two funny things. Number one, our parish priest at my Catholic church, where we attend is this great guy. He's an Irish fellow. And he says, It's just interesting because people are so afraid when they're getting close to death because they don't know if they're going to fly or they're going to (laughs) fry. And I told him, I said, (laughs) I'm going to steal that line. So I have, I use it all the time. That's number one. Number two, all spirits go to heaven. When my father was dying, my father was in the seminary at the Vatican for six years before he left a few months before he was to be ordained a priest. And this was after World War II, he went on the GI Bill. So the U.S. government paid for him being at the Vatican in the seminary. 
Wow. When he was dying, Anna Marie, he was so afraid because he was afraid he was going to, he, I think he didn't think he was going to go to hell, but I think he thought he was going to go burn in purgatory for a long time. And I, and he was unconscious. He was in a coma. The last, he was on a ventilator the last few days of his life. And so I said, dad, hell doesn't exist. And he said, well, how do you know? Uh, this is telepathic communication. We're going back and forth. My, one of my best friends from childhood is a psychologist. And she said, are there any deceased spirits in the room that are clergy? And I said, yeah, there's a lot. And she said, do you recognize any of them? And I said, one in particular was a priest who had married me, was a family friend, and he had died six months prior. His name was Father Hanley. And she said, well, ask him to intervene. So I did. I, I said, my dad's afraid to die because he's afraid he's going to burn in purgatory, blah, blah, blah. I said, can you help? Well, the next thing I know, I see this scene. This is all in my mind's eye. I see this scene of the rooms full of these dead popes. They all got their pope outfits on. Now it's important. Spirits show up in a way that will recognize who they are. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So these are all popes. My friend, Angela, the psychologist said, he doesn't consider you to be an authority of the church. I said, I'm not. She said, well, he needs to hear it from somebody who he considers to be an authority. So the next thing I know, Father Hanley is at my dad's right shoulder and there's a Pope with him. And I said to Hanley, who's that? And he said, it's Pius the 12th. I said, well, of course it is. Pius the 12th was in office when my dad was in Rome in the seminary. And my dad wow. met him on multiple occasions in his private study when his bishop would come over and they do their audience and stuff. So of course, you know, he, he this is the one Pope he met face to face, you know, personally. <laughs> and so Pius said to my dad, Tom, there is no hell. You're, everybody goes to heaven. You're, we're waiting for you. Whenever you're ready, come on. And the other, all these popes in the room, I mean, I can't even tell you how many, there were so many, they were all nodding their heads. Like, and you could hear them kind of in the background going, yeah, yeah. Come on, Tom, whenever you're ready. <laughs> he died a few hours later. So he needed that validation. And I, I always, when I come up with these stories to share, I always say, I'm not that creative. I can't, I can't make this stuff up. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. really not that creative. And so to me, with all that I've experienced with spirit, and I've been doing this very part-time for gosh, 30 years now. And then with as a business and as a calling for the last five or six, everything I've seen, Anna Marie has told me over and over and over again, that everybody goes to heaven, all dogs go to heaven, all people go to heaven too. And then when I see a room full of dead popes telling my dad, who's so afraid to die, that hell doesn't exist. Come on. That's, that was just kind of the icing on the cake of what solidified it for me is a 12 year Catholic schoolgirl. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's so powerful. I know for my grandpa and grandma, I'm very, um, dedicated Catholics. My grandpa passed right before, I think it was, it was right before COVID. So he got out quick, you know, in good time. <laughs> and, um, I wasn't there, but my grandma, my sister, um, they were all in the room when my grandpa passed and my sister was like, 
It was beautiful. My grandpa like came in and out for a while, but then he was pretty much out. But right before he passed, he came back too. And he looked up by my grandma and they've been married for gosh, 60 some years. And he mouthed, I love you. And then he passed. And it was like, my sister was like, oh my gosh. Like, and then what was really interesting is we had, we have this photo from, um, the viewing, um, with my grandpa and after he had passed and there's a picture of all five of us kids and the picture, there's this orb in one of the pictures. Well, and actually two of them, and it's right on my sister's stomach and you can see it moving through the pictures. Cause you know, some people will take like two or three pictures in a row. And of course it was on my camera. It wasn't on anyone else's because other people were taking this picture and it's like, and that was probably the beginning for me of my intuitiveness of paying attention to these things of really talking to my spirits and my guides. And, you know, not only am I praying to God and source, but I'm also like talk to my spirit and guides all the time. And I'm like, like, I'm talking to them. And sometimes I'm like, okay, like, I like know they're there, but like at the same time, I don't know, are you really there? But no, I know you're there. Right. But I just constantly have this conversation. And like, when I get in my car, um, like this morning, I actually, when I got done running, I was like, thank you, angels. Thank you guys. Thank you for my run this morning. Thank you for this beautiful day. You know, like I just, I start having these conversations and I've just been working on it the last couple of years. Um, but it did all start when my grandpa passed. And when I saw that, that orb in that picture, it was like, he's saying something here. And then the fact that my sister was there when he had passed, I thought it was interesting that he was right by her. Well, and sometimes those orbs, you can blow them up on a big monitor and you can see a face in them. And whenever we see, oh yeah. Whenever we see orbs in a picture, a photograph, it is a spirit. And it looks like the orb that Glenda, the good witch flies into munchkin land inside of, you know, in the wizard of Oz, <laughs> yeah, that's what it yeah, looks like. Totally. And, and so people will send me photographs and they'll say, who is this? And I'll say, oh, it's aunt Martha and it's aunt, uncle Sylvester or whatever, whomever. And baby spirits attached to the mom's energy field and they are orbs oftentimes years before they ever are conceived and they hang out above the shoulder of the birth mom and the adopted mom which is interesting and when i i work with a lot of women that have infertility issues and i'll say okay you got two baby spirits above your shoulder and they're they're lined up they remind me of driving by an airport at night when the planes are stacked up, they got their landing lights on and they're waiting for clearance to land. And that's what they look like. Twins will be on either side and they'll be at the same, you know, the same place. Whereas there'll be one that will be further out and one that's closer in as, as it goes. So it's really fun. Yeah. Orbs are, they're a real thing and that spirit and our digital cameras pick them up because they take the pictures so fast. Yeah. That's super interesting. Oh my gosh. So but what would you your story about your granddad too, reminds me of, of president Reagan and Nancy, you know, he had had Alzheimer's for, oh gosh, what a dozen years or more. And yeah. she had watched him really decline. And it was just agonizing for her because they had such a great love story. And what she said at the end was a few moments before he finally took his last breath, he opened his eyes and looked straight into hers. And he hadn't done that in years. 
and, and it was just so comforting for her and what a, what a, um, an example of showing your love for somebody. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. So what would you say to someone who is like, they feel like they have been getting some signs or they feel like maybe there is something to this. Like, what would you recommend that like they practice or that they do to allow it to to continue to grow for them? Well, the first thing to do is remember that spirits are really literal and spirits communicate telepathically. So all we have to do is say something to whomever, whether you knew them or not, it doesn't matter because our heads are big satellite dishes, Anna Marie, and they receive and they transmit frequencies. Every spirit has a frequency that they keep throughout all of their lifetimes. So if you want to talk to Aristotle or Einstein or Mother Teresa or whomever, you just think of them and it connects your satellite dish head to their frequency. And then just say something to them, either aloud or in your head, and they're going to answer you and it's going to come in instantly, as fast as you can snap your fingers. If you think about it for more than a couple of seconds, that's going to be your brain talking to you. Furthermore, spirits are really literal. How they're going to answer is always going to be correct. How applicable that information is going to be is going to be predicated on how you ask the question. For instance, if you say, hey, grandpa, am I going to enjoy the movie? And you hear yes, as fast as you can snap your fingers. So you and your family are watching a movie tonight and it's awful. You're saying, grandpa, what's up with that? Well, the way you ask the question could pertain to any movie you're going to watch throughout the rest of your life. Whereas if you had asked, hey, grandpa, are we going to enjoy watching Frozen 2 on Disney Plus tonight? See the difference in how you ask the question. So be very specific if you're looking for guidance and you can ask anything, you can say anything. It doesn't need to be a yes or no question. It doesn't, it can be multiple choice. It can be open-ended. It can be, you can just make a statement like, oh gosh, you know, this weather's really awful with all this rain happening right now or whatever. Hey grandpa, you know, this weather's awful. How did you deal with it when you were alive? You could say something like that, or you could just say, oh my gosh, this weather's just awful. And then you'll hear him respond to a statement. (laughs) And and that's true to Anna-Marie with any entity, whether it be an angel or a spirit, a deceased spirit, a spirit that's attached to a body still, you can communicate with anybody. Indigenous tribes, indigenous cultures have been communicating telepathically across vast distances for millennia. Look at the Aboriginal people in Australia. They communicate across three, four, 5,000 miles with their fellow, uh, you know, tribes people or, or their, I don't know, what do you call them? Their brothers <laughs> or their friends yeah. or, or whatever, especially when they're on their walkabouts. It's, it's really remarkable if, if you've ever read any stories about, about the Aboriginal people and when they go on the walkabouts and all the spiritual things that happen and all the, and, and it freaks out some people because they're thinking, oh, it's some kind of woo-woo magic stuff. Well, they've been doing it since the beginning of time. And we all have, it's just as we've become more well-educated, we want proof, especially in this day and age, instant proof, if possible, that this is really happening. Well, we think we're well-educated, but I guess only time will tell, right? (laughs) Well, each generation that comes in is more advanced. 
each each baby that's born is more advanced, which is why babies that are toddlers that can't even talk yet, some of them aren't even walking yet. They know how to use an iPad better than you and I. Oh, they just right. they just come in with yeah. the ability that like the technical <laughs> ability because each generation is more advanced and they benefit from the experiences of the generations that have gone before them. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Very good point. Now, okay, so you're also medical intuitive. So you can literally look at someone or feel someone's energy um, and know what is going on or what could potentially be happening. We'll use legal terms. What could potentially be happening in their body? Can you share a little bit more about that? Because that's really interesting to me because sometimes when I'm working with clients, it's like I just... I don't know how, I don't know how to explain it other than just having like a knowing of something. And of course I have to be very careful with how I word it to them. Right. But, uh, yeah, I'd love for you to just share a little bit about that. Sure. I raised my vibrational level to the level of spirit because we're all spirits attached to a body, having a human experience. We've all, most of us have heard that. And then I watch a laser beam come from my body. I live in Birmingham, Alabama. It'll connect to you in California. And then I'll have a hologram of you in my mind's eye. And it'll be as if I'm looking at an x-ray or a CT scan or an MRI. Three things happen and they happen very quickly. And this is with somebody's permission. Certainly they've called into my show or they've arranged for a private appointment. And we do that online or we'll do it over the phone. And so the first thing that happens is something's identified, Anna Marie, I'll just watch where the energy goes. Somebody may tell me their right knee hurts and the energy goes to their left shoulder. Well, things are going to show up in order of significance with the most pressing issue first, even if it's asymptomatic. And sometimes we head off a problem at the pass before it becomes a problem. And sometimes it's, it's connected to whatever the the symptoms are, but nobody's connected the dots yet. And so I just follow that. And then what happens is something's identified immediately thereafter, there's some type of energetic healing that begins. And that can take the form of something getting added, something getting removed. I watch procedures all the time in my mind's eye that emulate what I saw in the operating room in surgery for all those decades when I was in that industry. Sometimes I see healings that utilize methodologies and devices that haven't been invented yet. And regardless of what I'm seeing, I'm very descriptive with the person with whom I'm talking, because if they can envision or at least get a sense of what I'm seeing, it helps integrate the healing into their body because the body's always going to follow what the brain's telling it, even if the brain doesn't believe it to be true. So true. Well, like chiller theater, I was talking to you about that earlier with slumber parties when I was in grade school, not so much high school, but by about the eighth grade, ninth grade, we had stopped with that, but our brains knew that it was pretend, but my goodness, our hearts all felt like they were going to jump out of our chest and at any given moment. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's interesting is that the healing will integrate into the person's body and that can happen instantly. It can take days, weeks, months it may need some kind of complementary care like medicine or physical therapy or surgery or whatever, but it's always our spirit's prerogative to utilize the healing in a way that's going to best facilitate whatever it is we're exploring in this lifetime at whatever given moment we're exploring it. 
people who have recovered from debilitating diseases and illnesses will tell you, yeah, it was awful going through it. And I'm glad I did because this, this, and this resulted from it. And I'm, and I understand more now, or this is the silver lining of the black cloud. One other interesting point about the healings is my analogies. Oftentimes my visualizations oftentimes are really hilarious because it's spirit communicating to me visually in a way that I can describe to the person. So it makes sense based on their frame of reference, number one, but also because it's a, it's something that we can visualize for an energetic procedure that we don't have a frame of reference for it. So I may tell you your left foot looks like a bowl of whipped cream or something crazy like that. Stem cell energy is <laughs> one of my favorite. I watch stem cell energy all the time, regenerate organs, heal body parts, whatever. And it's this light amber colored gel, Anna Marie, and it has sparkles in it. I would say, cause it's woo woo, gotta have sparkles in some of this yeah. stuff. <laughs> and it has a watery consistency to it. And it reminds me of Dippity Doo, which was a hair gel when I was a kid in the sixties and seventies. And women that are my age squeal. I'll say, oh my God, I haven't thought of that in 50 years. And I'll say, yeah, but you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? I say, yeah, <laughs> I do. And young gals will say, yeah, I use that stuff on my dance team to slick our hair back or on my cheerleading squad or whatever. So that's just an example of DNA. When I watch DNA get resequenced, I watch these strands of DNA that look like pieces of paper you'd see inside a fortune cookie with the fortune written on it. And I see the ATCG sequences of the letters that, that represent nucleic acids. And I watch them get rearranged. And it reminds me of playing Scrabble when you move a letter up and over to form a word, but I'm just watching it in warp speed with hundreds of thousands, if not billions of letters. And then I'm watching that snap back into a chromosome. So I see these representations of things that allow me to describe them in a way that the person with whom I'm working can visualize and or get a sense of it, which helps integrate it into their body. So do you believe, or why do you think we get ill? I mean, there's obviously the earthly, you don't eat healthy, you don't exercise, like all these things, but I part of me, I believe that the reason we get these physical ailments in the body are because of emotional blockages or energies that get stored throughout our different lifetimes. And they can be carried on through lineage, carried on to different lifetimes. So, but why do you think we get ill or we develop, you know, issues with the tissues in our body? You are right on the money. You are spot on. Absolutely correct. There is always an emotional component and emotional component to every disease, illness, whatever. Always. So you see that too? hundred percent of the time. Yes. Okay. Okay, cool. The way that this works is we are spirits attached to a body, having a human experience spirit, the spirit part of us, the body part of us is all energetic. Well, energy, if it's going to be used for a specific purpose needs to be in some kind of a container. The electricity we're using to have this conversation is contained in wires coming into our locations. Natural gas is contained in pipes. Water is contained in pipes. The spirit energy and the body energy is contained in what I call the energy field membrane. And it looks like really thin, stretchy saran wrap to me. 
the kind that you get on a tray of chicken breast from the grocery store. You know, that stuff's thinner and stretchier than the glad wrap, perhaps oh, yeah. in a box in our kitchen drawers. Well, if you can imagine this as an analogy, if you go to the pet store and buy a goldfish, they're going to put it in a plastic bag of water in order for you to get it home. If you have a picture of that in your mind's eye, the goldfish represents our body. The water represents our spirit because the body's inside the spirit. The spirit's the power source for the body. And the plastic bag represents the energy field membrane. If there's a pinhole in that plastic bag and water's draining out a drop at a time, for a long time, that fish is going to be fine. However, when enough water drains out, that fish is going to be in trouble. That's what happens to the human body. So when I'm scanning somebody doing an energetic, like a healing or a medical intuitive, you know, reading or session, whatever you want to call it, I'll scan the energy field membrane. And invariably there's either a hole or a tear in it. And I'll envision myself going into that hole or tear and I'm shown a scene and I'm given a year. And it can be this lifetime, it can be a past lifetime. And I'll say, okay, it was 1963 and here's what happened. You were in a car accident and your mom was driving and you were in the back seat, but you weren't wearing a seatbelt because they didn't really have them yet. And blah, 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 That's an emotional experience. It can be something simple, like somebody called you a bad name when you were little or something dramatic. Doesn't matter what it was. Doesn't matter even if you remember it. The only thing that matters is as soon as we illuminate it, it eradicates that block, which looks like a little, little kernel of unpopped popcorn to me. It eradicates that block. It allows the membrane to heal, allows the body to return to working on full power, which helps it heal and maintain health. And you're right in that we have emotional events in our life. In, and sometimes if it's a past life, I'll get where it was, when it was, what happened, and we'll correlate it with what's going on in your current life right now. There's always stuff that resonates with that. But the other thing that's interesting about it is I want to go for where did that energy block start? Because other life events, energy piles, piles, piles on top of it causes enough pressure, causes a blowout in the membrane. Then you got the energy leak that's preceding the medical condition. If we can get it out by the root, psychotherapists, you know this, psychotherapists say, we're going to talk about your life and it'll be like peeling an onion a layer at a time, right? Yeah. We've all heard that. I want to get the onion out by the root for this medical healing because it eradicates all the other energy that's piled up on it since that time. My favorite dramatic story of what I saw was I was working with a woman who lives in Guernsey in the UK, which is an island off the coast of, of England. And I saw this explosion behind her. She was a preteen and I saw this big explosion behind her. And I said, does that mean anything to you? And she said, yeah, I was a victim of an IRA bombing when I was 11 or 12. I think it was when she was 12. And I said, okay, that qualifies as serious. And so that was an emotional event and it could have been somebody called her a bad name when she was little. And we look at that as adults and we think, well, that was no big deal. But to your three-year-old little self, it was a big deal. And right. that's where that energy block, energy block a la Eastern medicine, acupressure, acupuncture, clear the block, get the cheetah move, same concept. So yes, you are absolutely right. And that's the most important part of a healing because we can fix body parts all day long. But if you've got an energy leak, why bother? 
it's like you take your car into the mechanic because it's not working properly and they say you need a new radiator. So they put a new radiator in, but you got a dead battery. Your car is still not going to run. One worth getting a radiator if the battery's not working and you can't start your car. Same situation. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love all of that. Such great information. Now there's probably listeners that are like, oh my gosh, I want a reading or I want to learn more. Can you share with us what our listeners can do? And I know you have a special gift for our listeners too, which is really amazing. I do. Everything's at askjulieryan.com. Askjulieryan.com. Ask Julie Ryan on all social media platforms. Ask Julie Ryan on YouTube. Ask Julie Ryan show. It's live every Thursday night. People call in from all over the world. It's fast, it's fun, and it's free. And I did this show last night and I'll have, I'll have a bunch of callers call in. I'll usually be able to get maybe about 10 or 12 people on during this show. And they're asking this plethora of questions. Can you scan my dog? Can you scan me? Is my mom dying? Is, is this a good job for me to take? How about this love life? You know, is this guy good for me? Blah, 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 blah. It's all across the board. And it is so much fun. Anna-Marie. It's just a blast. So that's the other thing. And then if you want to do a private session with me, go ahead and get on my calendar, askjulieryan.com and just get on when you can. Just It doesn't matter if I'm out a couple of months, just get on the calendar. And then when you get your confirmation email, there will be a little button on there that says reschedule. Check that when you think of it, click on that because people reschedule all the time, multiple times a week. So if you're booked out a couple of months in advance, there's a good chance you might be able to get in with the next day or within a couple of days. It happens all the time. So there's that. And then as far as my gift, I've written several books and I have props. It's like show and tell at school. First one, angelic attendance, what really happens as we transition from this life to the next. And then three children's books, angel messages for cats, angel messages for dogs, because I got so much grief from the cat lovers that I wrote the dog book first like, <laughs> about the cats. And then the first one was angel messages for kids. And they are just darling Anna Marie. They have wonderful illustrations in them. And they talk about things like most of it's just fun. Like this is the cat one. Uh, and, and it talks about, you know, your, your the cat's a spirit before they are born and then they choose their family and you know cats can jump really high and cats can climb trees and stuff like that but interspersed in it is when your cat dies their spirit stays around you and sometimes you can see them and talk with them even if the grown-ups can't yeah. and how those came about was i had so many moms say can you please do something that will help me teach my child about how to how can they see my deceased loved ones and communicate with them when I can't see. How is it that my child knows about past life information that we can corroborate with historical documents online? And this kid can't read yet. <laughs> right. And, and what do we say when we're at the funeral home and little Susie said, we say to little Susie, well, grandma's in heaven. She says, no, she's not. She's asleep in that box up there in the front <laughs> of the room, you know, cause she's in the casket. And so that's how those books came about. But any of your listeners who want a copy, I'm happy to send a free copy. Just go to askjulieryan.com, click the Ask Julie button, say, hey, I heard you on Anna Marie's show and I would love a copy of your book and we'll send you a digital and an audiobook version. 
And if you want one of the children's books, just say, I'd like the children's books for dogs or cats or kids or whatever. And we'll send that as well. I, that's not an audio because it's maybe 10 sentences or 12 sentences in the whole book. You know, it's about the pictures more than that, <laughs> right. but it's, but we've got the digital form. So we're delighted to send that just as a gift to your listeners. Oh, that is so kind of you. Well, Julie, thank you so much for joining me today. And um, yeah, I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me. Mwah. Sending you love from sweet home, <laughs> Alabama. Aww. Thanks for joining us today, you guys, on this Happy Whole You podcast. We are so stoked that you are listening. And if you have questions or want to reach out to us, you can always email us at info at happyholeyou.com. And you know where to find us at Happy Whole You on Facebook and at Happy Whole You on Instagram. So have a wonderful day. Have a great week. And we will see you soon.